Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful.com podcast for August 3rd, brought to you by DraftBeast.com. And on it, I am joined by Showdown Joe, who is going to be on UFC Fight Pass this Friday, Joe. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, man, Titan FC 40 goes down uh, this Friday night. Can't wait. It's a lightweight title or headlined by a lightweight title fight between Jay-Z Cavalcanti and Freddie Asuncao, who I came over with uh, with Rafael Asuncao from the airport uh, earlier today. Uh, we literally just got to the hotel maybe about 30 minutes, 45 minutes ago. Uh, and yes, ladies and gentlemen, I rushed to my room, got checked the Wi-Fi here to make sure Sean Rossap and I uh, can rock and roll with this. Uh, the co-main event, though, is something, Sean, uh, you and I should be paying close attention to. It's for the interim flyweight title. Uh, as you know, Titan FC flyweight champ uh, Timothy Elliott is now on the ultimate fighter. He's been announced uh, as one of the uh, was it 16 champions, flyweight champions from around MMA or grassroots MMA. Uh, so he's representing Titan. So there will be an interim title fight between uh, arguably the high, most highly touted prospect at, at 125 uh, in Jose Shorty Torres. And he's taking on Abdiel Velasquez, who just took out Alexis Vila at the last show. So it's going to be a great card for sure. I've always enjoyed Titan. Also, pro wrestling fans, you got to keep your eye on Titan FC. You never know who will be there. Did you know, Joe, that Matt Riddle is like the hottest thing in independent pro wrestling right now? I had no idea, but I'm not surprised. Yeah, I, I may have mentioned this. I interviewed him a couple of years ago before that Titan fight and promotion for it. And I kind of mentioned to him, just because I was working for a pro wrestling outlet and I had to make some kind of connection, I was like, hey, you ever thought about this pro wrestling stuff? And he's like, do you think I'd really be good at that? And I was like, yeah, probably. And he ended up being really awesome, so I'd like to take all of the credit for it. Um, he was on WWE's radar like for, for a while, and they kind of, I guess, they pulled the offer type of thing, but uh, he will be there eventually. And he's a guy who legitimately didn't lose for the last two or three years of his career, and fought in Titan FC, and uh, yeah, I, I've always loved them. I've, I've always really, really enjoyed Titan. And uh, yeah, tune in. You'll get to see our boy Showdown Joe on UFC Fight Pass. Are you excited, yeah. Joe? I know you had a great travel day. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I'll be excited tomorrow morning uh, when I wake up and I get some rest. Uh, my travel day was, I, I mean, I've, I've had way worse travel days than this one here. Uh, but this one was was definitely an experience from just just crazy flight itinerary to changing it to rebooking uh, to just here's my credit card. I don't care what it costs. Just put it on my credit card to showing up to the airport, uh, signing in only to be told, yeah, your flight's delayed by four and a half hours now. Ooh. What? Thank you very much. There goes my call time. There goes my recording. Then I wasn't allowed to go in through, uh, to the American side. They held me in customs. 
because my bag disappeared, my luggage disappeared at the airport. Uh, and I'm like, well, how was that my problem? I scanned it. Here's my scanner. What's going on here, right? Sit down there. Whoa. All right, then. Here we go. This is about to get ugly. But uh, lo and behold, finally, I made it to Miami, got picked up at the airport. Uh, I'm here now at the hotel, the fighter hotel and uh, and the team hotel. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. But yes, Sean, tomorrow morning, I'll be far more civil and far more relaxed. So we'll see what's Man. up. When, when's your travel day back? I know you had told me it's either Saturday or Sunday, right? Yeah, so the event uh, ends here. It'll end on UFC Fight Pass, I think, at 1 a.m. Uh, and I've got to be in the lobby for 3.30 a.m. I travel back Saturday. Uh, I should land in Toronto. I'm, I'm going to assume 10.30 if there's no flight delays, only to meet my son and take him to a professional MLS soccer game. So uh, it'll be a busy nice. Saturday as well. Oh, and then, of course, there's a UFC event that night. So uh, probably no sleep for Joe, Sean. Indeed. I'm tr- hoping that we get an MLS team in Cincinnati. Uh, there's a soccer team that's doing very, very good attendance numbers out here. Uh, Joe and I will try to get you a podcast, maybe Sunday, maybe Monday, whatever works best for the both of us, because I will also be out of town Saturday night. Uh, our great correspondent, Carlos Toro, will be covering UFC Fight Night Salt Lake City, which we will be talking about. Um, some fight, some Fightful.com news, you guys. We have updated things to move to our members-only section, which is absolutely free. You go, you register. I know some of you had had trouble registering. Uh, the site you know, wasn't completely finished yet. If you have trouble, tweet us, Facebook us, both at Fightful Online. Send me an email, anything you got to do. I will pass it along to our tech team. Our uh, uh, exclusive financial analysis of WWE brought to you by Brandon Howard will be under that. Uh, the Vince Russo articles, the Showdown Joe articles. Some of our podcasts will also be members only, but it does not cost you a dime. There is no reason for you all to not sign up for this. Also, we got forums. They are a little bit bare, but fill them out. Let, let's let's get them going, guys. Talk some trash to us. Talk trash about about Showdown Joe particularly. That way, he can get on there and you know he, he can troll you all. I I want to see Showdown Joe's troll game. But, but, Joe, there's no reason for people to not sign up for Fightful.com. Everybody should be doing this. Absolutely. I've actually had about four or five people just message me, uh, direct message me on social media saying, dude, do you realize your site is addictive? And I said, well, it's not really my site. I work for the site. But, yeah, it's, it's pretty badass. I really enjoy it. So, now, yes, I'm biased. Uh, but I do enjoy, I do just enjoy looking around. And I'm not going to lie to you, Sean. I actually kind of peeped over and read some wrestling stuff. But you. And I was actually scrolling on my TV the other day, and I'm like, Monday Night Raw. Should, should I? No, nah, that'll just make Sean happy. But wait, <laughs> there's SmackDown. Should I record SmackDown? No, 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 no. That'll just make Sean happy. Forget about it. I'm not doing Smackdown's it. SmackDown's a pretty easily digestible show. It's about an hour and a half when you watch it without the commercials and all that. Also, Carlos Toro and Darren Doyle have been lighting up that boxing section. I, I, some of you have... Ask for more boxing content. We're finally getting that rolled out. We have things like our Wikipedia, true or false, which is always fun. Um, also, we do things like we'll, we'll break down WWE's YouTube numbers uh, segment by segment and things like that as well. Guys, go to Fightful.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Fightful Online. You better be going to Fightful.com, guys. Everybody you know better be going there. If your friends are in jail... Here's what you need to do. Bake a cake with a file in it. Take it to the jail. Schedule a visit. Give them the cake. Let them file their way out. Find a way to get them out of jail so they can have internet access. But here's the thing. Here's the key. I'm going to turn them in if they don't register for Fightful.com. So that's what's up. You are an absolute mess. A mess? You're crazy. That's I'm awesome. managing editor of this bad boy. I've got to, you know, we got to get the hits. I got to keep this job, Joe. <laughs> oh, you're awesome. That is absolutely classic. Bake a cake, put a file in there. <laughs> My fiance expects a certain standard of living since I got this job. Now that standard of living is not a lot of attention for me, but it, you know, at least they pay me like a human being. So, so there's that. Um, We've got a lot to talk about. New MMA rules, UFC, Fight Night, Salt Lake. I'm going to get into some wrestling news. First, I wanted to talk about Chris Cyborg. She apparently has a fight, <laughs> Joe. Let, let, me, let me make sure I have this name right because I never heard it before. Um, and, you know, I've had people trying to justify this to me. And I promise, guys, I don't dislike Cyborg. I really don't, but... 
this is weird. It's really weird. Um, Chris Cyborg is going to fight at UFC Fight Night 95. Looks like September 24th, so under under two months, against Lena Landsberg. She is 6-1. and one. She has never fought, fight at, um, or never fought at, in the UFC. This fight is supposed to take place at 140 pounds, which begs the question, Joe, why the hell ain't she fighting Jermaine Duran to me who asked for the fight? I'm, I'm honestly just, and, and we can go back, what, one or two shows ago with your rant about Cyborg Santos and, and this whole, you know, Geraldine Randamine situation and other people that have called her out and, and, and this, this Landsberg lady gets called up and she's fighting now Cyborg in Brazil. Um, I, I'm, uh, I don't know. Is this, do you think it's just another one of the tests? It's, it's more or less who cares. The UFC doesn't care who she's fighting first make 140. If you can consistently make 140, now we can try to make 135. Is that the whole goal here? Just to get her body acclimated to making, uh, that one cut to 140 and then eventually 135 to put her in that division because the matchup to me doesn't really make sense. Uh, I'm not, I'm taking nothing away uh, from Miss Landsberg, but it's cyborg. Like, I mean, we're talking about uh, arguably the best pound for pound fighter uh, in women's MMA versus someone that, you know, no one's probably ever heard of. You would think that that's it, but, but as I've mentioned before, and I, I actually authored a timeline of the Ronda Rousey cyborg weight issues. Um, it was last year for a new, for a different site. I'm going to update it. It's been about a year. So I'd really like to update that. She first committed to making this weight in February of 2014. And I'm talking 135. And I had people come out of the woodwork and say, like, try to justify this fight. And I was like, why why are you doing that? Chris Cyborg has not exactly been a fountain of honesty or or fulfilled promises as it pertains to any of this. Um Jermaine Durandamy turned down a fight against Cyborg at UFC 198 on fairly short notice, I think maybe five, six weeks, and then said, okay, now let's do it. Let's do it with a full camp. And then Cyborg's like, no, I'm good. I want to defend my Invicta 145-pound championship. Well, Invicta came and went. There was no fight. So now we get news that, that Cyborg's fighting this woman. I tell you what, she's going to make more money off the recycling center than her fight purse with all these cans that she has crushed. (laughs) She's going to haul them all down there, scrap that aluminum, and she's going to make a fortune. Now, Cyborg is a draw. She is a special talent. She is a a fantastic talent. There is no reason Jermaine Durand and me shouldn't be in this fight or Misha Tate or anybody. And people are like, well, nobody will take the fight. I don't buy that for a damn minute. I don't buy that for a minute that somebody in the UFC would take this no-lose situation of fighting Chris Cyborg, making some money, because you could be the girl that knocks out Chris Cyborg. It's possible. Joe, what do you make of all this? Well, let's be honest. There, let's go up and down those rankings, and there isn't one woman at 135 that wouldn't be more than happy to fight Chris Cyborg. I don't think there's one lady on that roster afraid to fight her. Uh, anyone that says otherwise, it might suck to fight Cyborg, but there's no way any of them are afraid. I mean, it, it's it's borderline, it's almost comical right now, but I can go back to what we said a couple shows ago. I mean, that window of opportunity to make all that money is here, you know, and we're getting closer and closer to the end there. And bottom line is, it's it's like anything, and as we saw with, I shouldn't say as we saw with Ronda Rousey, but you're one knockout away from your career just almost being derailed. And for Cyborg's case, that could be the situation. Now, she's also tough as nails, and, and one loss wouldn't do much to her. She'd come back and, with a vengeance. But coming back with a vengeance as you are getting older in your career isn't going to do much for you, um, you know, in, in the octagon. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, and what if this Lansbury lady wins? She could. Anybody could win in MMA. That's, that's the thing I love most about MMA today, especially. One loss doesn't kill you. We've seen that. One loss does not kill you. MMA is more unpredictable now than I think ever before. So I think that's, that's fantastic. 
We got some new rules coming to MMA, Joe. And I spoke with an athletic commission rep who spoke on a condition of uh, anonymity. Uh, but Of course. Yeah, of course. Um, but we'll run down these rules. The first thing, uh, the, the apparel changes for women. They cannot wear singlets. They cannot wear the loose-fitting tops, that, the tank tops that Reebok had provided. Now, I think it's good that they're, they're wearing the form-fitting rash guards, sleeves, sleeveless or short sleeve above the elbow. Now, here's the funny thing, Rob, or Rob, I'm, like the other bald guy I talked to on Monday night, Joe, rather. <laughs> Rob is my Monday co-host. Joe, w- one of the big selling points of this Reebok deal was, oh, we're doing it for the women. We're, we're going to make sure these women are outfitted right. We're going to make sure wardrobe malfunctions don't happen. I don't remember a one, not a one wardrobe malfunction before Reebok came along. Since they came along, I can think of probably five or six that have happened or almost happened. Reebok got to step their game up. Um, But what do you think about these apparel changes? I'll say personally, I don't like that they can't wear singlets. I think they should be allowed to if they want to. I got no problem with singlets whatsoever. But, um, you know, if you look at it from a cosmetic perspective, uh, I do understand why the commissions decide to make these changes. Um, you know, you, you really don't want these accidents just for, for the lady's sake. And, you know, there's the whole embarrassment factor. And, and they're trying to focus on a fight, not have a wardrobe malfunction. So uh, in terms of Reebok having to step up their game, I do concur. Uh, it, it could be something that they look at. I don't think they're happy right now because I'm sure they've got enough inventory to sell it for the next five years. But uh, unfortunately, this is the kind of stuff that needs to get taken care of. And I don't really have much of an issue with this rule here other than like you said the singlets here but um i'm, I'm sure there's something that reebok or, or or i guess it's just reebok when we're talking about the ufc but designers can actually make um that are that are more comfortable for the ladies as opposed to just a rash guard sleeveless or not uh i, I don't like seeing the rash guard look I don't, I don't like it at all whereas um you know some women do like it the you know some grapplers like it some grapplers hate it uh it all depends but you know whatever i mean to me, it's 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 almost like the male shorts. It's what's aesthetically pleasing to you and what's comfortable for you. Um, you know, fighters. Some fighters like baggy shorts. Some like them tight. They don't want to give any sort of um, opportunity for their opponent to grab onto anything. Uh, I know GSP was huge on that. He when he realized, you know what, I'm all, I'm only going to wear tight fitting shorts because I don't want to give them any leverage for my opponent uh, in a grappling exchange whatsoever. Some guys like the baggy. The Muay Thai guys like the Muay Thai shorts. So. Everyone's got their own thing, and, and I think the women should have the right to select as well, but barring any sort of wardrobe, uh, wardrobe malfunction. I will say that I like that they can't wear the loose tank top shirts anymore because, Joe, I'm sure you know, and w- whether it's shorts or shirts, that type of fabric is a real pain in the ass. Your fingers, your toes get stuck. I dislocated my ring finger one time uh, getting caught somebody's basketball shorts and just popped it right out. It was disgusting. And uh, I've, I've always ugly. What is it? Those shirts look ugly as well. It's like it's just yeah. it, it looks. I'm not going to say um, trashy is the wrong word. It just looks subpar, like amateur. Like what are you doing? Like it, it needs to have a professional look when you're at that level of MMA. I tell you what, nothing could be worse than that that blowout cards outfit that Sarah Kaufman wore that one time with the teal and that that logo, that horrible like comic book logo that was on there. Man, I hope they paid her a lot for that, at least. Uh, but yeah, that, those are the the apparel changes. Now we have some major rule changes as well. Eye pokes. This is a major change. You cannot advance, and and we Jeff and I spoke a little bit about this. And I said, even looking into the camera like this, this is terrifying, Joe. What I'm doing, you can't advance like that anymore. You have to advance like this with your fingers up in the air, uh, they will, the referees rather, will clarify to the fighters beforehand, hey, this is a foul if you do this. Um, this is a tool gone from John Jones's arsenal now, but but it looks like you might have two years to work on that, Joe. Uh, um, I like the rule. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, I have no issues with it whatsoever. It's, it's far, far more safer uh, for all the fighters in general. Uh, I know it's an old school boxing trick, um, you know, uh, who was it? Ray Mercer used to do it all the time, but you're also wearing larger gloves so you can keep your hand open to sort of paw away and kind of feel, uh, check out the distance and stuff like that. Well, you do that with mixed martial arts gloves. 
that are basically fingerless. Um, and of course, I mean, I, I, I've never understood guys that are throwing like that. It, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, I understand this because um, one of the things, like when, when you're checking a kick in Muay Thai, when you would we do what's called the cage, sometimes you can actually, when, when you push out like that, it makes more sense. Doing it like this is just completely wrong. I, I've, I've never understood uh, why some guys do that. But um, now that the rule is there, hopefully it will curb things and it could change a fight very, very quickly. Imagine a championship fight in the first round. Someone gets a point deducted for doing it two or three times. I mean, that, that would have huge ramifications in any fight. So uh, I think we're going to see a lot of lessons learned uh, in a lot of mixed martial arts moving forward for those commissions that will adopt this, these rules by the ABC because everything the ABC does doesn't necessarily mean that all the commissions are going to accept it. Hopefully they do, uh, but you know, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, they do not have to adopt these changes. Uh, so several of them will go into effect, I think, January 1st. But, I mean, the iPoke thing, I think, good. That That's a major step in the right direction. You have a guy like Anthony Rumble Johnson who, by all accounts, he could be 23-3 and three right now if it weren't for iPokes because he wouldn't have lost to Kevin Burns the first time. Who knows what would have happened in that fight with Koscheck where where – Koscheck faked being poked in the eye, and then he poked Rumble Johnson in the eye. But I mean that that's more of a that's more of of an example of why maybe replay is needed than than eye pokes because there was no foul called for Josh Koscheck. Uh, that it was just missed altogether. But or I, I think it was missed altogether. But either way, um, I, I think that's great. Eye pokes got to go. There's no reason to advance in that 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 way. Uh, it's dangerous. Another big one changes the definition of a downed opponent. It used to be, say somebody has you in a front face lock and they're, they want to throw knees, you could put a hand down and stop that. And that was kind of gaming the system, Joe. And I had somebody try to tell me that this isn't a big change, and I disagree wholeheartedly. Now you have to have both hands on the ground in order for this to be in effect. This would leave your neck open for a choke, uh, leaves you more open for a takedown. What do you think about this change? I think it's another giant leap in the right direction. I think it's fantastic in terms of now we're going to see a bit more action and less of, of stalling situations where guys are buying time by putting their hand or girls or by putting their their hand down on the mat and just waiting because you can't strike and now you've got to change position. Well, guess what? If you do that now, you're eating knees uh, and it ain't going to stop. Um, so I actually like it because you're, you're able to continue the action. Um, again, we're, this is a sport that we're talking about that's not ping pong. There is violence. Okay? There are people that are getting hit, uh, and, and you know, like it or not, they get hit in the head. Um, and there's going to be times when it just kind of looks bad and looks brutal. It, just, it is what it is with this sport here. But I do like it. Uh, I'm glad they didn't talk about soccer kicks or they didn't, they didn't want to enforce soccer kicks because that kind of stuff there drives me nuts. Um, there are a few other things. I mean, I, I don't know what the status was with the whole elbow situation. That drove me nuts. But you know, the what the do you think about soccer elbow? kicks to the? What do you think about soccer kicks to the body? I mean, they're they're legal under unified MMA rules, aren't they? Yes, yeah, to, to the, the body, body, I don't mind. I body, I don't mind. Legs, I don't mind. Hip, I don't mind. Um, anything to the face to to someone that's down like that, because that could just be brutal. I mean, just think of Mercio Hua back in the day. I mean, that that was absolutely yeah. crazy. And if you can stuff a takedown. If if you want knees to new knees or soccer kicks to the head of a downed opponent, virtually all you got to do is stuff a takedown and hold them down there. And it, it, it shit got nasty in Pride. It yeah. got scary in Pride. And now that we know what we know about concussions, ain't no way that's happening. No way. No. Uh, now the only people, the only reason that I I worry about this this rule is for amateurs. Those of which who have insurance for like, I think maybe 24 hours from the point of the fight. And, you know, they might not know that they have a concussion for several days. And then, then they're shit out of luck. They are out in the cold. They are basically buried and they don't know because this new knee rule, I, I, I wish it were enforced differently for amateurs, but that's really on a state by state basis. You have some people like Kentucky. I, Kentucky does great things. Uh, they don't allow elbows in amateur because people get cut with elbows, and these guys are not getting paid. They are going to school Monday, or they're going back to their jobs Monday, and they might not have time to schedule 
an appointment, a doctor's appointment, things of that nature. Um, there are things like that, but then there are states like Ohio that take it way overboard, and it's basically just kickboxing with wrestling. Like there, there are a lot of athletic commissions. You know, sometimes overstep their boundaries, or some of them, uh, some of them can be very great. Um, but I want to ask you, Joe, what other changes do you think are next? These are a few of the biggest ones that that have been talked about for several years. What are your feelings on on headbutts, whether to the body, not to the head, that's never going to happen, to the body, uh, instituting instant replay, anything like that? Uh, the headbutts can can. I'm not interested in headbutts. No thanks. Um, that's the. I just think of Mark Coleman back in the day, but uh, no, no, no thanks for the headbutts. Um, the 12 to six elbow situation has got to just be rectified. I mean, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, all because uh, one of the commissioners back in the day watched uh, like an ESPN two special with some guy breaking, you know, 15 things of ice with his elbow coming down. Mm-hmm. Come on, dude. Like that's not, that's just not how it works. That's just, they just should ban, cool. they should ban dim mock because it was pretty effective in those kill bill movies. Good point. Very good point. Yeah, I, I concur. Dimock should be something that should be on the ABC's uh, rule set. <laughs> Mixed martial arts, very bottom provisions and stuff like that. Uh, what I wish the ABC would also do uh, is get more involved with amateur mixed martial arts. Um, I know it's the Association of Boxing Commissions and they oversee mixed martial arts as well, but I would like to see them also get involved uh, with the amateur system. Now, there's not many things that Big John McCarthy and I will disagree on, uh, but amateur mixed martial arts, we've butted heads. I can't even tell you how many times. Uh, I, I, Sean, I, I hate the way amateur mixed martial arts. I shouldn't say hate. That's a terrible word. I just I dislike how it how it works, how it operates. Uh, I like. I don't know if you ever if you go back in the day. I've, I'm sure I've got literally VHS tapes somewhere uh, in my home of Shudo. and Shudo had you know there's obviously the Shudo that we see now is A, but they had Shudo A, B, and C. And the way they used to do Shudo is you would start off on an amateur level, and level one basically was fighters wearing heavier gloves headgear and shin guards with insteps okay shin guards with insteps not just covering your shins but covering the instep of your foot um and then we had done something up in um in ontario where we had proposed it to the government how we want to do amateur mixed martial arts followed by the shooto model where you have to have at least five perfect or five amateur mixed martial arts bouts before you can go from beginner to intermediate intermediate to advanced, by the time you are done advanced, you would have 15 quote-unquote amateur fights. As you move up from from beginner, intermediate to advanced, you then start removing the equipment, and then you start tweaking some of the rules. But there was never elbows ever in amateur mixed martial arts. That's something you do at the pro level, uh, but it just never it never went through, and I could never understand. I, I remember going to a UFC Fan Expo about two years ago uh, and watching the amateur MMA stuff in the octagon there, and I was just kind of like, oh, my – that how is that amateur – that's just basically promoters not getting or not having to pay athletes. That's all it really is. There's, these guys are destroying each other in there, uh, and that's not amateur MMA. That's full-fledged MMA, calling it amateur MMA because you don't have to pay them, and I think that sucks. What would you suggest for fighters like that that look to build up experience, cage experience, but you know they don't want to fight for free? And there are some commissions that mandate it. There are some commissions where you have to have a certain number of fights as an amateur and a certain number of fights within like the past year, even before they'll even conditionally uh, grant you a professional license. I agree with it a hundred percent. I absolutely love it. I think before you step into a professional mixed martial arts cage, um, you have to have some sort of amateur background. You have to show that you can actually fight. Um, I mean, part of it's on the fighter. A lot of it, Sean is on the coaches. A lot of it is on the trainers uh, that'll just throw anybody into a, into a ring or a cage for the sake of having them fight. No, I mean, yeah, I mean there, there's some, um, some really good instructors that I've met throughout the years that would never allow any of their students to step into a cage or a ring um, without preparing them accordingly, without having them do their reps in the gym and having them ready and just spar at the gym. Okay, now you're ready to go. Now you're able to take this to competition level. We're talking about people getting punched in the head here. Uh, you should not be stepping in there at all because how many – I mean, you can look at some of the records and, and yeah, there's sandbaggers everywhere, but under a good system, you can definitely uh, understand who's who's at what level. Like, I mean, pinning – like matching up someone who's, you know, 2-1 and one versus someone that's 16-4, and four, that's not a good matchup, you know. 
So you, you got to look at the matchmaking as well. There's so many intricate things that you can do. Uh, and look at it, man. If you look at every single professional sport out there, or, or at least the vast majority of them, they all have specific um, and strategic amateur systems to get players, male or female, up to the professional ranks. They have it in basketball. They have it in hockey. They have it in soccer. They have it in baseball. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Can't just one day say, you know what, I want to be a pro baseball player. I'm going to go play for the Cincinnati Reds. No, you're not. You're not. I want to go play for the Blue Jays. because well, I can. this hit. year you might be able to. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I hear what you're saying. But, you know, but do you understand what I'm saying? Like everything, like, I mean, I, I don't know what you um, – down in your area, what you guys know about the hockey system in Canada, man, mm-hmm. these guys, it's, it is it, at, at seven years old, man, kids are being recruited for soccer. My son, he's five and a half. I've already had coaches coming up to me and asking, hey, you should put him in a developmental league. You don't see that in MMA. Yeah. Well, I mean, MMA is a much newer sport, too. I mean, that's to be quite honest with you. That's one of the reasons why I stopped training as much as I was. I was in my mid 20s and you know to the normal person you think okay mid-20s training MMA really at at, at the start not at the start but relatively early in my training I would see people 17 18 19 come up and it's a different kind of animal like to get started at that age as opposed to in your mid to late 20s it's a different type of thing and I I think that they I think a developmental system does need to 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 come up and you know when and even at the professional levels if you don't have a cyborg facing a lisa landsberg relative uh in these lower levels i think that could work out well here, here's the thing oh, when, when just real quick i want to go back to the one point that you made there about um mixed martial arts being relatively new um i'm going to say i respectfully disagree with that because i remember in 1998 1998, it's almost 20 years, 18 years ago is when I started talking to the commissions, especially the commission in my area, about sanctioning and regulating mixed martial arts and beginning to build an amateur system. So 18 years I've been trying, and it's just, it's not, you know, it's not the people that, you know, I'm trying to pioneer something, and now we're in 2016, I still can't get it done because of bureaucratic red tape. So um, I I don't know what it's like in, in all the 50 states uh, south of the border where I'm at, I can talk about 10 provinces. I know what's happening around there. But there have been people from, from the big John McCarthy's to, to so many other people that have been trying to do this. But man, Sean, do the government's slow evolution down. Well, I mean, in relation to hockey, baseball, football, basketball, compared to those sports, it's, it's oh, yeah, kind of a sure. young sport. Um, your boy... GSP opened up as a slight favorite over Tyron Woodley in a hypothetical fight. What do you think about that? <laughs> when I got those odds in my email, I was like, um, did, did I miss something? From, when I from old Jimmy numbers, huh? Yeah. I was like, did I miss something on the plane to George? And I'm, I'm looking at my text and I'm like, I'm going to text George about this right now. I thought, wait a second. No, this is a, um, you know, if this fight was to go down. I don't know, man. You tell me. I'd make Teron Woodley a much closer, almost a favorite, because he's been active. You know, I, George hasn't competed in so long, whether he's, quote-unquote, the greatest welterweight of all time. He hasn't competed in a very long time. Yeah, which, I mean, Tyron Woodley did take a year and a half off himself, and that was that was about half the time that, that GSP had missed, but maybe a, even a little more, because Tyron Woodley missed a year and a half, and GSP's missed about two and a half years. 
I don't know. GSP's a special kind of talent, but you know, didn't he tore his ACL? We haven't seen him in a cage since then. It's so hard to say. It's so hard to say. And like I said, 2016 MMA, give me money on any underdog, any underdog, and you're, you bet on every underdog up and down a card, you're probably going to end up making your money back somewhere. But, I mean, this line is so close anyway. Uh, like, let me, let me check this out. GSP opened at a plus or a minus 150. Woodley at a plus 120. You know they take bets on pro wrestling, Joe? I don't understand that. Uh, yeah. Oh, boy. If you saw the lines, you would. Because like an hour before, when the smart money comes in and, you know, the people in the know, it's like uh, the lines are like sometimes plus 8,000 and minus 10,000. So, you know, it's virtually impossible to make money off of that type of thing. Um, also... Marlon Marais, Marais, I can't pronounce his name. Free agent now. World Series of Fighting champion. Once Dominic Cruz, he's not getting Dominic Cruz, but could get a UFC contract, Joe. Or Bellator could come knocking. That's, that's a very good point. Money's there, man. Money. Bellator has money. Uh, although, obviously, if you're Marlon, you, you, you know, your chances are you do want to go to the UFC. Uh, you're at the tail end of your career. You definitely want to make sure that you know, you finally say you made it to the big show. Uh, if if all all signs are going to be pointing to him going there, um, but you know, Bellator wants him, they'll get him. I don't see. Um, I, uh, look at it this way, Sean. If you're Sean Coker uh, or you're Dana White, what's the real bidding war on Marlon? Yeah, that that's what I was going to say. He's not a big name. He's not. Also, I want to talk, what the hell does Mark Hunt want besides money? <laughs> so, this guy, he screwed up bringing race into it, by the way, saying, you know, bringing up white guys and all this stuff. You ain't, you ain't got to do that, Mark. So <laughs> these guys champion the institution of drug testing. Then when people get caught, they get so pissed, and then they get mad in Mark Hunt's case, when people show up to drug test them. What? What? Now I get it. He wanted money. He wanted money. But Mark Hunt was was livid. And before the fight, he said that he knew that Lesnar, he shot himself in the foot. He said that he knew that Lesnar was juiced up and said, I don't care. He can take what he wants. I'm still going to beat him. Well, Lesnar took what he wanted. and Mark Hunt did not beat him. Now, here's the thing. Mark Hunt wants out of his UFC contract. I don't know what he's expecting outside the UFC because if he doesn't want to face people on PEDs, then he's probably in the best place he could possibly be right now. Um, because if he gets in that Ryzen tournament, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh my God. They're yeah. going to be sh- injecting steroids into their eyeballs. It's going to be crazy. Oh, man. You know, you know what my hope is, what my hope was, and it's not going to happen. I wish Chad Mendez would ask for his release. UFC would give it to him, and he just he wrecks like all those two hundred sixty five pounders, taking whatever psoriasis cream that he's got. That's what I want to see. I read that, and I was like, "What psoriasis cream?" Well, there there are steroids, and in, in, I mean, it's almost I don't I don't know about you, but it's almost a well known fact when you're prescribed. Uh, some stuff for psoriasis, uh, and I've got friends, a uh, couple, couple fr- female friends, and a couple. Uh, I think I actually have a cousin who had issues with psoriasis, and it's cream they got was steroid. So I'm kind of, well, Chad, what? What are you doing? Well, somebody sent me a picture of him in the Conor McGregor fight, and his psoriasis is like very clearly there on his leg. So. I don't know. I mean, still, you, you can't take that stuff. You can't do it. Uh, we also have but, UFC. You know, hopefully the fighters – sorry, Sean. Hopefully the fighters learn from, from Chad Mendez, and they understand that doesn't matter what your doctor prescribes to you, double check. You are a professional athlete. 
You are on the same lines as a baseball player, a hockey player, a football player. You are a professional athlete. Your doctor could probably give a rat's ass that there are certain drugs under USADA or the World Anti-Doping Federation, whatever you want to call them, um, that, that he's going to prescribe to you that's going to cure this, yet you're in a training camp, and now you just lost two years of your career. Double-check the stuff. Whatever your doctor gives you or anything you buy over the counter, just double-check it, man. You're a professional athlete. Or just take on it because nobody's failed a drug test for on it, especially Alpha Brain, which keeps me going. You see me posting 15, 20 articles a day. You see the two to three dozen updates on Fightful.com, especially that cool stuff in our members-only section which you can get by registering for free at Fightful.com. But on it's what keeps me going. Go to that podcast page, click one of those podcast links, click that on it link, and you will open up a ton of sales. Have you ever felt a whale, Joe? I can't say that I have, no. Well, they are smooth, and I'm talking like 600 thread count smooth because they eat so much krill. And if you take that on at krill oil, you'll have that smooth skin too. You take that shroom tech, you won't care about those crazy travel days. You take that new mood, you will sleep like a baby whale. I don't know how they sleep. I'm assuming they sleep very well. They're, they're large creatures. On it, check it out. Also, check out our good friends at Draft Beast. I am going to have some fun with that this football season. Already am for baseball season. They have these great games during basketball and and hockey season and maybe football too. Goon games where you pick the most penalized players. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Vontez Perfect getting on my team. I'll represent us uh, on on the hockey side. You can represent us on the the, uh, NFL side. Uh, We need to get some MMA stuff over at DraftBeast.com. But, yeah, let me ask you one question NFL-wise before you get to the next MMA question. Uh, are my Oakland Raiders going to finish dead last again in that division? Yeah, because they, they don't want to exist in that city anymore. Lorenzo Fertitta is going to own that team next year. Next Where are they going to go? Vegas? Yeah. He wants them to, which seems weird to me. I mean, there's a reason why there aren't pro teams in Vegas. It's a tourist town. Do you think they can sustain a pro pro team? Yeah, they got they got an NHL team starting there. I think next Dude. year or in 2018. Yeah, they just uh, they haven't even come up with the name yet. But yeah, they've just they announced it about uh, a month ago. It'll be the Kentucky first in Vegas. Kentucky doesn't have anything. We we got to wait on Cincinnati and all that stuff. We want a pro basketball team bad because basketball is huge here. And if they put a team in Louisville, it would do very well. Uh, they need to put pro basketball teams in Seattle and Louisville. But also DraftBeast.com. You can uh, win money by picking the worst teams as well, but lots of fun stuff at DraftBeast.com. We have UFC Salt Lake City. Uh, As I mentioned, Joe and I will be bringing you a podcast Sunday, maybe Monday, uh, depending on our schedules. I'll let you know, though. Made evented by Yair Rodriguez versus Alex Alex Caceres. Not the most, oh, what's the term I'm looking for? Famous crew of fighters on this show but that main event could be a lot of fun it's going to be a fantastic fight in my opinion i mean if people don't know um there was a recent poll out there um nothing official asking ufc fighters their thoughts on yair rodriguez and they were all like who i just happened to be main eventing a show something you've probably never done before and they're like who is this guy well go look at his fights and this kid's pretty, pretty damn good. It's pretty fantastic. He is the Eric Perez that they wanted. Uh, Yair Rodriguez is a bad, bad dude, um, despite a recent hiccup. Uh, and Alex Caceres is, is, you know, Bruce Leroy is doing pretty good right now. Uh, he's doing okay. He actually looked good in that Uriah Faber fight. If you go back and look at that first round, he did look, he looked pretty good. Um, I, I think Yair is going to take this fight. I mean, you tell me. I think that he, Alex Caceres is a spoiler. He spoiled Sergio Pettis, who was in control of that fight, and came back and won. He has, you know, he was on the verge of getting released by the UFC before that that UFC on Fox fight, and he's battled back one two in a row. He keeps getting better as a fighter. 
even in some of his losses, he's looked really good. Um, this is another guy, much like uh, we've talked about Jorge Masvidal, came up fighting in backyards as well. He's, he's another one of those guys that, that did that. And, you know, we all remember him from the Ultimate Fighter, uh, and that, that's where he gained his notoriety. But he's been around, it seems like, forever. Since, five years, but he's fought like God. It, like, it feels like 15 times in the UFC. I think he can pull this off because Yair Rodriguez does have the tendency to get a little wild. Um, uh, now, I mean, that that wildness is part of the reason why he's so successful as well on, on occasion. And and as we've mentioned, a loss isn't the worst thing that can happen to a fighter, especially a 23-year-old fighter like Yair Rodriguez. This one's really hard for me to call. It's it's not your your biggest name main event that you'll ever see, but as far as fight quality, it could be right up there with almost anything. Uh, as if you're wanting to watch a fight for fun and you're wanting to call up your friends and say, hey, come over, we're about to watch a kick-ass fight, I think that's what these two will deliver. Also, we have Dennis Bermudez versus the returning Honey Jason. Jason's been out of the cage for over a year, tested positive for a band diuretic, uh, I think last May, June. Hasn't won a fight in over two years. Dennis Bermudez uh, finally righted his wrongs with Tetsuya Kawajiri. Uh, Bermudez had went on, I think, a 6-7 fight winning streak, including a win over Max Holloway, which looks better and better by the month. But uh, how do you think these two are going to fare? Well, if Hani Jason decides to stand and trade with Dennis Bermudez, this fight is over in three minutes or less. I'm going to tell you that right now. If he takes Dennis Bermudez down to the ground and early, I think he's got a really good chance of submitting Dennis. But Dennis won't, I don't think, will let that happen. Uh, easily, that is. Uh, and I really think that Dennis is going to win this fight. I, I, don't, I don't think this one's going to go the distance, to be honest with you. Also, uh, Talis Leites, who I became a fan of after his UFC career. This was a guy who had one of the most boring title fights ever against Anderson Silva, lost to Alessia Sakara in a very close fight, and then was cut. UFC was like, they used that basically as an excuse to cut him. Then he went on the, the regional circuit and just dominated. He had one loss, but there was a, a period where I think he was like 10-1 and one or 11-1 and one since his cut. He's dropped two fights, Michael Bisping, Gegard Musashi. Certainly forgivable, to say the least, but... He's facing, I think, Chris Camozzi. Uh, now, Talos Flatus is a guy who has competed at the, at the, the top of that division. He's, he's faced some of the best fighters in the world. Um, Camozzi's fought a couple of those guys in, like, Jacare, Lorenz Larkin, when he was doing really good. Uh, but Camozzi's on a hot streak. Four of his last five, won three in a row. Uh, who are you looking for to take this one? Uh, sort of the same thing I said about Honey Jason. If I mean, I don't think Thalys should be too comfortable with his striking, although his striking has drastically improved from his first stint in the UFC. But you don't want to stand and bang with Chris Camozzi, in my opinion. Uh, what you need to do is lull Chris Camozzi into thinking you're standing and banging with him. Get that boy down to the ground and work your jiu-jitsu magic. Uh, if you think you can stand and trade with Chris Camozzi, all the power to you. You're playing with fire. One of you two is going to get burned, and, and I think it's going to be, you know, late is. But if he's able to take this fight to the ground, doesn't have to finish him in the first round, Sean. He can punish him. Continue to punish him. Uh, chop away. It's like the axe on the tree. You just chop and chop and chop. Fine. Go to the second round. Eventually, you start breaking him down. He'll make a mistake, and you can submit him. I just, I just don't think uh, Leite should be standing and trading with, with Kamozi. And, and if I'm Kamozi, underhook special, man. Stay away from the cage. Don't get too close to the cage. Don't let Latis get too close and just, just pound him. Pound away until the right opportunity comes to land a right to his chin or a kick to his chin. So that's, that's what I'm thinking. Latis' striking has improved drastically since, since that infamous Silva fight. But, yeah, I agree. You don't want any part of Kamozi on the feet. One of the biggest fights is Cub Swanson versus Kawajiri on the Fight Pass prelims. I know they're trying to build up Fight Pass, but this is a card that probably could have used – these two on the the uh, main card portion. Cub Swanson had lost those fights uh, to Edgar and Holloway, but much like much like I said, the uh, 
Max Holloway win is looking better for uh, Bermudez by the month. The fact that Cub Swanson beat Dustin Poirier and Jeremy Stevens, that's looking better with each fight that, that those two guys seem to have. Kawajiri, a, a little, not a little, he's pretty inconsistent throughout his UFC career, but um, this is a fight that I think Cub Swanson has to win if he wants to stay in that, that top echelon or near the top echelon of that division, Joe. I um I don't I don't see how Cub Swanson can lose this fight, and I am the biggest Kawajiri backer since the dawn of time. Since I used to get CD or DVDs from Japan personally given to me from fighters that would go over and fight there and bring us back all kinds of goodies when they were competing in Shudo, and we're like, who is this one hundred fifty-five pound monster? from Japan who's got wrestling and he mounts people and he beats the crap out of them. And then he shows up in Bushido and he does all this. And there goes his record. So I think Cub Swanson uh, shouldn't have too much difficulty with Kawajiri because Kawajiri uh, has got a body on him that has a lot of mileage on there. Um, He could surprise us. Don't get me wrong. I just think Cub Swanson is still up at, at that the cusp of the upper echelon of this division. And I think he's going to prove why. Um, although I do understand why they put this on the preliminary card uh, on UFC fight pass, because guys like you and I will try and tune in and buy UFC fight pass uh, and get them numbers and stuff like that. I also want to give out some love uh, to two other guys on this card here, kicking off the show is chase Sherman. Uh, uh, obviously a Titan vet. His last fight was in Titan FC. And of course, Jason Novelli uh, last fight as well in Titan FC. So uh, two of our guys that are uh, could have been competing here on Friday are now competing uh, Saturday in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. So kudos to them. You'll see that a lot. You'll see a lot of Titan vets in the UFC. Uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio versus uh, Zach Cummings. Underrated welterweight fight. I think both men won four of their last five in the UFC. So that's also a fight to look out for, guys. Uh, Joe, Anything you want to tell these wonderful people before you go? Obviously, they can see you on UFC Fight Pass and also here at Fightful.com. <laughs> uh, no, as always, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, thanks for putting up with Sean and myself. Uh, and probably you may want to put some pressure on Sean to see if he's willing uh, to have some sort of Q&A uh, with some of the fans whenever they tune in to our Google Hangouts. And then we can see if we can answer some of your questions uh, as zany as they are. I know he is trying to promote the fact that we need to get some love on these forums. If you guys and gals choose to rip me, doesn't matter. I don't care. I won't even read it. But rest assured, Sean will inform me on every single podcast, probably the best insult of my bald head, my thick eyebrows. Uh, all you Americans say I have a Canadian accent. All you Canadians say I have an Italian accent. I've heard it all. Bring it. I don't care. As long as I'm here, you guys are tuned in. We're having fun. We're watching fights. Uh, we're enjoying it. That's all that matters to me. That's what we'll do. I'll start a Q&A thread um, on our forum and just leave it open for questions. But, uh, Joe, I'm going to bid you adieu. Talk a little bit of wrestling very quickly before I go. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. Best of luck Friday. So... Wrestling news, SmackDown viewership, slightly down this week. Not a good sign for the the post-draft era, but it, it wasn't down a whole lot. But the fact that you were down with Brock Lesnar on the show and American Alpha debuting, even though you know they're not big names, as we saw uh, by their reaction, still, you, you got to hope that that trends upward. I do think that this fall, SmackDown may get to the point to where it outdraws Raw. People are still kind of getting used to the fact that there's a brand split, especially casual fans. So I don't think that's a death knell or anything of that nature. Rhino wins a primary race while goring Heath Slater. Yeah. Um, Rhino, who just recently returned to the WWE, emerged victorious last night in the Republican primary for Michigan's 15-house district, district seat. Uh, he will face a Democratic candidate this November. If he wins, he will get a position that Gives you about $71,500. That's a cool one. Uh, rumors that Paige is injured. His Her mom is saying that she's injured. Not always the best source for Paige news is her mom. So take that for what you will. She was pulled off the live events from Australia. 
WWE filed a trademark application for King of the Ring, which led many to believe that it will be used for a pay-per-view next year. Uh, people in attendance at SmackDown last night said Bray Wyatt may have injured his ankle. He uh, was favoring it last night. Referee held up the dreaded X. Also, people said that Kalisto had to be helped to the back. I've been told, and I haven't been able to verify this, but that Luke Harper will be on the SmackDown brand when he returns. Like I said, I haven't verified. I like to verify it with at least two sources before I report it. Three, if it's pro wrestling, because in pro wrestling, you're in a business full of workers and everybody is trying to work you. Judge refuses to drop charges against Jimmy Snuka in the involuntary manslaughter case of Nancy Argentino. So that, that is what it is. He's going to be at WrestleCon signing autographs. That's kind of unfortunate. Uh, TNA knockout Jade speaks up about domestic violence. She is, claims that she was uh, training with, maybe training or playing around with a boyfriend who was also a, form, or a former boyfriend who was a pro wrestler, and a simple headlock kind of got a little too rough, and she said that it happened more than once. Uh, hate to hear any of that, and props to her for speaking out about it. Maybe, maybe it'll help somebody. You never know when it will help somebody. So I hope that that her telling people about it at least got some good out of it. Uh, guys, we've got SmackDown React Down from Alex Palowski. We have the, the, his raw reaction as well. We have financial analysts, or analysis by Brandon Howard in our members-only section. Raw review from Vince Russo in our members-only section. These podcasts, Showdown Joe, Vince Russo, will be in our members-only section. Go there. Join in on those forums. Let's make those forums go crazy, not like inappropriate crazy, but you know, you know what it is. Also, we have discuss, discuss forums, whatever they're called. Lots of love in that Monday Night Raw viewing party. Hopefully, that will be the case in the UFC Fight Night viewing party with Carlos Toro on Saturday. Also, anything else you guys want, let me know. Send it in. We want to make this site for you guys. Uh, it's been very successful so far. Traffic in the the six digits already monthly. So uh, very, very positive stuff. If you're into boxing, we're getting more content in that boxing section. We're going to do boxing viewing parties eventually. Lots of stuff coming. Uh, A programming note, we will be having a supersized edition of the podcast after UFC 202 and NXT TakeOver on, I think it is August 20th. So that podcast will start right after UFC 202. I know it's a little bit of a wait for you guys watching NXT TakeOver but I have to watch both of these. Uh, it'll start right after UFC 202, though, so I will be watching them side by side. Um, but, yeah, we will have a big podcast for that. Maybe I can get Alex on to talk NXT. It may be a little late for that. I don't know because I'll have Joe on talking UFC 202 because that is the bigger show, Diaz versus uh, McGregor. Guys, I want to thank you as always. Follow Fightful Online at Facebook and Twitter. Very soon, our RSS feed will be set up. All those stories will publish automatically to those feeds. You will get those stories much quicker than you do. But check the page. We are constantly updating Fightful.com every day. Dozens of news stories. I know a lot of websites start off and they give you part of the news. And it's filled up with a story here and there. Not us. We are bringing you all the news. All the news. Uh, rumors are included in a uh, rumors update. Uh, smaller stories included in a fight size, we call them daily, not daily, but fight size MMA, boxing, and wrestling updates. Somebody asked me where I got, why I call it rumors are flying. <laughs> well, rumor roundup is taken. That's a cage side seats thing. The rumor mill was taken. That's a middle easy thing. So the rumors are flying thing is kind of a jab at Nancy Grace. If you remember during her coverage of the the Chris Benoit uh, tragedies, it seemed like after every break she would say, rumors are flying about steroid use contributing to the tragedy. Yes, that's where I got it because Nancy Grace sucks. Either way, guys. Fightful.com, that's the place to be. All kinds of coverage, MMA, boxing, pro wrestling. Thank you guys so much for the support. We really appreciate it. Click those on it links. Visit draftbeast.com and share the page. Share if you like the site. Tell people you like the site. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys. Until I think maybe Sunday night, we are out. Oh, no, no, no. I take that back. I'm here with Vince Russo tomorrow, 3.30, members only 
podcasts, so make sure you register an account. 3.30 p.m. Eastern is when we are slated for. Until then, I am out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.